<clears throat> we should also like record a little um, announcement about like why we haven't posted anything in a month. Well, say so you moved. We can just say we got a new studio. A new studio. We took some time off to really find ourselves. Adagio for things. Sorry for the delay. We've been hard at work making this episode and preparing for our next one, and also life sometimes just happens. Is it okay to not like Mozart? The answer is yes, because we're all adults. But should we be more honest with our likes and dislikes about esteemed composers? And does it help foster a more honest dialogue? Then Spencer sits down with composer and performer Josh Henderson and talks about his writing process and his experiences with performing all over the country. So we hope you enjoy, and on to the topic. Okay, so let's. we're each going to name a, oh, yeah, small, okay. li- a, a short list of composers that we feel like uh, people would give us guff for saying that we don't like or we think they suck. When you go to a concert and it's like, blank is my blank. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're supposed to be like, oh, that was wonderful. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean like yeah. if you yeah, go with a friend like that, and yeah, yeah like your that friend scenario says like, is plausible. Yeah. When when, when whenever that, when people say, oh my god, I cr- I literally cried. I I mean I've never cried at a concert. Yeah. Like, I've had boners at concerts, but <laughs> was that because you were watching porn on your phone? Mozart's boring. <laughs> And there it is. <laughs> Bringing us okay. right into the so, topic. Spencer, what are your, <laughs> who are your five composers who you think would be? I thought we uh, all had to guess. Oh, are we guessing? I'd no, like that's guess. too many steps. Oh. <laughs> it's supposed to take 10 minutes. <laughs> composers who uh, you would get flack for saying you dislike from fellow classical music <clears throat> us snobs. Per- us personally, or are you saying in general? In general, like people that you. <laughs> People that you legitimately dislike, but you find yourself just kind of going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. By no means an exhaustive list. You get an invitation to a concert and you look at the program and you go, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to this. What, what what would I say that? I can tell you right now, but it's. I feel reassured in my answer actually now that you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, <clears throat> here, here, here are my five, and I'm, I'm going to put a couple uh, popular people in here, too, because I enjoyed writing them down in this list. John Cage, um, I'm going to say the entire Second Viennese School, and... <laughs> Which is, hang on, to be, uh, that's Schoenberg, Bergen, Weyburn. Uh, Weyburn, yeah, for those playing along at home. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> oh, that's Damn it, he stole it from me! What? Uh, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say Lin Manuel Miranda. Did you just add that because I told you that story? <laughs> I mean, you reminded me of it, but I was gonna I say Lin Manuel like because I think he's a really good lyricist and I think he's a really good rapper. I don't think he's a good composer. And I like oh, him. are you serious? Oh, there's. Oh, yeah. There's. I don't know how I much of Hamilton is you. his fault. I mean, I like the music; it's fine. But 
I was watching Moana, actually. I know it's a kid's movie, but leave oh, me alone. Moana. It's a great movie, but like there's certain songs where he just, there's like chord progressions where I'm just like, you're just kind of making this as touchy-feely as possible and it doesn't fit right. Oh. You got to earn the minor for like R. Kelly. <laughs> See, that's, that's true. Yeah. No, he, that's... he believes he can fly. And um, the Beatles. Sirs uh, John and Paul. All of them. Oh, okay. And even Ringo. All of the work that they did after. And their kids' work. Wings included. Julian Lennon also. Wow, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Wings, the, the band people know Paul McCartney from, and his previous project, The Beatles. <laughs> Are we doing partial output of composers? Or just no, all the no, music? No, maybe we... Maybe we uh... Because the title of the episode is Mozart, and I think there's a lot of Mozart that is not good. I mean, it's, but I don't like it. I, I, that's how I'm approaching this. I think I, I, I want to hear just composers you toss under the bus. I, I, I really hate Milton Babbitt. I, uh, Do you feel like, so your, your <laughs> feeling is that a lot of the more academic types would give you shit for saying you don't like it because it's difficult music and like i would agree i i, I, I don't mean, think i don't like listening to it i don't know i mean i don't know why anyone listens to it i don't get what do you think people what there do? is <laughs> i never ever I, once had someone tell me they like milton babbitt no. never i've had people tell me they liked milton babbitt never the never. person but oh. not the music I've heard from, I know a few people who knew him very well, and they were always just like, the most wonderful person in the world who loved talking about jazz and baseball. And he just wrote the weirdest, the weirdest, most out there music. There are definitely people who love Milton Babbitt because at the very least, they're the people who put him in the curriculum. We had a big picture of him in my theory room in undergrad. Okay. You know, there, there you go. The entire second Viennese school, because I feel like, I feel the exact same about them. And I don't like Votesek or Lulu either. <gasps> and um, John Cage sounded like a, a charlatan. I think his music... I, I, I mean, I think the best you can say about John Cage is that maybe philosophically some of his ideas were interesting. But I've heard John Cage fans really hate hearing that. that? Hearing yeah, that. I've, I've mentioned maybe that that's... to people and they've gone like, but it's not. It's, it, that, it's supposed to be the... The auditory experience. It's, you know, all right. Work. Well, I, I tried. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole second Viennese <clears throat> school thing. So the, the Schoenberg, Berg, Weyburn camp. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't really get anything out of that. I, I respect those guys, but I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Again, see, I already feel the need to like qualify things and be like i'm not saying they're bad composers i'm saying i don't enjoy the sound okay i'm being john c Riley for this <laughs> um five five okay mozart first of all not all of mozart but i think like 80 percent of it it's fine it's just not something i love listening to there's you know the hits the last like several symphonies some of the concertos the uh some of the operas it's really good 
But then there's just tons of other music that gets put on concerts. And if I see it on there, I'm just like, oh, God. Piano Concerto number 15. I'm like, okay. This is going to be 20 to 25 minutes where I twiddle my thumbs in the concert and wait for the other stuff to play. And then, uh, but so that's why. I'm not saying Mozart sucks. He's obviously awesome, but don't love a lot of the music. Similar thing with my choice of Bach is because some people, if you mention Bach, they just have an orgasm in front of you and they What's go, wrong? oh, Bach, What's wrong I love, love Bach. He's wonderful. And yeah, guy was amazing and he set all of our like standards for counterpoint and all that stuff. But hearing it doesn't make me very excited yeah i'll, I'll admit to that too i I'm, i mean i mean i it's yeah fine it's enjoyable it's pleasant but it's not really intriguing or it's intriguing but it's not really doesn't enthrall you or you know it kind of it's there and i think it's partly because it's so ingrained in how we hear and what we're used to it is like standard almost because it's so commonly heard and played and used but that's why. So that's my unpopular opinion is I don't love hearing it all the time. It's it's irritating how how many people pretend to be in love with that music. Right. I that's mean, what it is, is the obsession. I, I'm sure some people I know are obsessed and in love with it. And you can yeah. tell that it's real. Like legitimately, not like I'm supposed to like it. Like I would listen to a full concert. Right. It's just not, if I was offered to go to a full concert that was just Bach, I'd be like, I might say yes, just because you don't see that that often. But like, I would kind of be like, it's yeah. a little dull. Uh, oh, Shostakovich is just a piece of shit composer. He's just oh, awful. See, I, He's garbage. <clears throat> He's throwing notes at the wall and whatever wet spaghetti sticks, that's the notes he chooses. And that's what the music is. I, I hate it. I don't know why it's like, it's not, again, there's one or two that are like, that's really good. Like the fifth symphony is really good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but then it does get a little repetitive. <laughs> kind of, I don't know. I feel like he phones it in a lot. Did he write the nose? Yeah. The nose is like the shining example. Cause it's not, even though it's his weird experimental one, it's not all that different from the rest of his music. Cause it's still just like notes that are like, and it's like even though it's a little more nonsensey it's not that much different than how he usually puts tunes together mm-hmm. and i'm like and he gets a lot of credit for being around at a very certain time in a very certain place i don't know but i don't like i don't like the music that much mm. schumann mm. just doesn't do it for me i don't know why it's just kind of dry it's not my thing. Anything. Really. Aroused. You don't yeah. like Lieber? No. Not really. Okay. No. I don't know. I've had, I've listened to it. I've written papers on it. I've just been kind of like, yeah. I mean, that's me. But like old German voice and piano just makes me kind of tune out. Hmm. I'm trying to be really real about it. That's, I'm saying no, no, the no, music no. has really, I mean, it has qualities that are really admirable and I get why people like it. You're entitled to. I don't like it. But I, that whole that don't. whole style, or just Schumann in particular. Schumann like, in what particular. About Schubert? Schubert's a little better. 
where I can get into That's it. That's interesting. But I, I can't like... always. I'm going to just be the guy who says Wagner. I'm going to stick with it. Stick to my guns. It's incredibly long for what you get. He's able to manipulate a tune in a way that's really incredible. Mm -hmm. But the actual content of a lot of the tunes aren't, to me, that interesting. Well, there's just so there's just so much of it. It can't all be right. Um, he's just pure throw, invention. He's throwing no, but even in the the juicy parts, he's kind of like throwing so much at you all the time that it's kind of like it's all it's all beige. Because if you think about it, most of the most popular things are like overtures and oh yeah, most well known stuff is like this one example. And if you do just listen to that really. part, it is like incredible. But yeah. if you go in and mm-hmm. listen through the whole experience, like. I've been to, I went to see, uh, I went to see Tristan and he's old when they did it at the Met and it was a really cool experience. But even then when it was like an awesome performance in a great concert hall, there were still times where I was kind of like, okay, how, how long is he going to go on with this? And the answer was 40 minutes. It's so What's the opposite of concise? Fucking long. Fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I mean, I've been to a couple of Wagner operas, done an act, and it's like, <laughs> all right, let's, let's go. <laughs> the people I dislike are because of their, it's because them as a person, or I don't like specific pieces. There's no like one composer that I feel like I don't like any of their stuff. I don't like... Beethoven's chamber pieces. I think they're boring. I love his symphonies. I love his piano work. I just think the chamber music is boring and long. It's like the string quartets and all those. Yo, I can't. I, they came huh. on a concert once and I was like, fla- I was ashamed with myself that I wasn't enjoying it. I was like, I'm supposed to like this. It's Beethoven. <laughs> and I just sat there just like, oh my God, can this be over, please? But I just... But we're keeping it real. We're keeping it real. And I, if you don't agree with me, that's your, your, that's your right. Uh, but you're wrong. I don't like the Four Seasons. The piece, not the band. So Annie Vivaldi. What about the mm. hotel? Just commit. The hotel's okay. I also hate Wagner, but I love his music. I think Wagner is a dick. You're not alone. I also don't like Bruckner because I think his music is fine, but he was a big groveling fan of Wagner, so that makes him even a bigger dick. And then lastly, I would have to say, I don't hate them or the music, but I would not be excited to listen to the Beatles. You wouldn't go see, like, so let's get this straight. Do you mean you wouldn't go see a live Beatles cover band? Or do you mean, like, if the Beatles were reincarnated? Neither. And brought back together, you wouldn't go see them? Well, I mean, yeah, if there were zombie Beatles, I would go and watch the concert for sure. But I'm saying I would not actively be drawn to pay money. But it would be the the zombie novelty. Exactly. More than the Beatles. But even if they were still alive, you wouldn't go see them. No, because they're not zombies then. (laughs) I would pay to see Beatles do Wings songs. (laughs) As zombies? (laughs) What if the zombies opened for the Beatles who were zombies, but the zombies are all alive? 
Ooh, that's getting um, weird. I like it. The band, the zombies, are still alive. What did they? I don't know. I'm if thinking they are. of the I cranberries. Hmm? Oh yeah, the cranberries. You're yeah. thinking of zombies. Now we're just doing word yeah. association. Okay, <clears throat> back on topic. I right. don't know if we ever were. Okay. So, Spencer, let's walk through our least, our anti-favorites. Because uh, they weren't ones that we necessarily hate all the music. It was people that we feel like we would get flack for saying we dislike. And we act, we just aren't thrilled about their music. But everyone else is, or not everyone else, but the image is that everybody loves this music, right? So what did, but what did, what did, what did we decide today? So now but what we we want to talk about is like why this fe- so we all kind oh, of yeah. just confessed our feelings to the world. You know what? I really like that no one said Rockman enough. Well, no, this this shit's great. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's awesome. He ends yeah. every piece with his, his name. <laughs> Rockman enough. It's awesome. <laughs> Well, cause he just he, like he, he writes a, lot, a big kick-ass symphony and then smacks you in the face at the end. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's sick. It's like the the most romantic of the romantic, and and, and people really hate on it. I know I I've come across a lot of people. I was say, told oh, it's a, just it's just junk. Really? I was told this story once, and uh, you'll just have to take my word for it because of the person who told me the story will remain, remain nameless and all the people and places involved in the story will remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this person worked at a, uh, an Institute of higher learning in New York. And apparently the kind of dictum from the top was that if someone was heard, even mentioning Rachmaninoff in a music class that that professor would be let go. Why? This is in like 1950. Why? Because that's how <laughs> deeply entrenched they were against romanticism and tonal music. Back oh. Then. oh, my God. In colleges, anyway. Yeah. We're walking the walk. Mm-hmm. Why do people feel like they can't say these things is the, the real question. Is like, I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking like a lot of Mozart's kind of boring, but I've never heard... Maybe once or twice, but extremely rarely heard people say that they don't like Mozart. They'll always go, oh, yeah, Mozart is wonderful. It's the best. It's the best. He's, he's just a genius. He's so good. It's all great. Part of that is probably because they're just thinking of the like that same like five awesome pieces mm. that I said are really good. But and aren't thinking about the tons of other pieces he wrote that are kind of middle of the road Mm -hmm. but those other pieces still get played all the time like i said i've been to concerts where it's been like two really good pieces and then a mozart random concerto Mm. right in the middle and i'm just kind of well i feel like you're you're trained to feel this reverence for them i mean when you're in school you're studying it you're talking about all these accomplishments i think you're just subconsciously like Oh, I don't really like this music, but I consciously say that I do. Hmm. Even so, I don't know if it's even so much people are lying or just pretending. I think it's possible that it's just so ingrained that you're you like might... conditioned to air quotes appreciate. Yeah, say, oh yeah, Mozart. He's a great. He's he's that great composer that I that that I like. But then if you sat down and tried to like actually listen to them or pick ones that are your favorites, you might find that you don't like any of them. I mean, I I do like Mozart, but I do agree with you that. 
there are tons of pieces that aren't going to have that same type of uh, sparkle that I feel like he is known for having. And so, I mean, anyone that writes so prolifically is going to have that. So I think it's very fair. I think actually it's a good thing to talk about this more because you're actually then being more not only honest, but you are analyzing the music in a much more rational way than an emotional way. No, but I, I, I agree with you because because the sort of blind reverence that you have maybe when you're in school because you haven't really thought about very much of it, you know, there's there's no substance or weight to it. If you're evaluating it piece by piece, I mean, there there's necessary thought. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. We, we feel the same way about Mozart as... Um, just to pick Mozart as an example. You know, as most people who lived a long time ago. I mean, the reason um, party differences amongst presidents from 100 years ago, you know, even 50 years ago, or even 30 years ago, I mean... With Nancy Pelosi quoting quoting Reagan, I mean, the further, the more time elapses between you and um, a professional, um, the more they're just uh, they're they're deified. So you don't think this has anything to do with a no true Scotsman kind of attitude in classical music? Do you know what that is? Like where? Yeah. Well, you're not really a a fan or a, a whatever oh, you're saying if you don't f- love something something or if you don't do this like or... a status thing like, exactly I'm a, it's I'm a real like, you're not a, i'm a real fan because i like whichever and i like all of their output and i love you know blah 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 blah, blah. and you're not really because you don't or like nobody says it directly but maybe that's kind of the assumed thing maybe that's just something i well i i, I think there could be some. you know if you don't if you don't if you don't like verity you don't really get opera Verity is probably symbolic of all the things you don't like. I, I mean, I, I don't. I would probably agree with that. To make that statement, or if you if you just hate all Beethoven, then you probably don't like classical music. I'd I'd be open to hearing someone defend that. I mean, I heard I've heard that uh, you know Boulez really hated Verity, and obviously he loved tons of romantic music and tons of music and. In general, and and he knew Verdi really well, but I've heard that just for whatever reason he hated Verdi. Hmm. But more often than not, I would I wouldn't trust that person. And I hate Boulez's music too. Put him on the list. I think he sucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I re- I would Put him never. On the list. <clears throat> That's the thing is there's certain thing. He's a tricky one because the stuff that he's really famous for is some really almost babbity kind of stuff. But he only did that for like four or five years. And then he had kind of a different thing going on, which is still pretty inaccessible, but way <laughs> different and slightly more accessible. I think not so much for musicians, but definitely for lay people. I mean, when they when when you hear someone say, um, oh, I just don't like opera. And your your immediate your first thought is you've probably never seen an opera. What? Well, you know what I will say? It. it if you hate something, you probably don't, you probably have heard enough to hate it, but not enough to elaborate on why you hate it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you've, if you've heard all of Brahms' symphonies and you just hated the way they sounded, you're not going to be able to articulate yourself as to why you hated it. Because you didn't but, then go listen you know to them seven it. times. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's okay. 
What's the moral? What have you learned today? I think we were just trying to say that it's okay to say you don't like certain music, even when the convention is that this is, uh, you know, the good news passed down from the god Mozart or the god (laughs) Beethoven. And like, you don't have to enjoy it, but there are lots of other composers and music that you can enjoy. I think that makes sense. I think it's, it's kind of a combination of it's okay to not like something and it's also better to not shame someone, but to engage them in conversation about why. Because maybe you can learn something about it that you never thought about before. Maybe like it doesn't how mean you're, you're wrong. That you can learn that you've been wrong your entire life. Or you could <laughs> find out something about the piece that you never really thought about. It doesn't mean you're not going to like it anymore, but maybe you can see someone's point saying, oh, I guess maybe that wasn't the best. Yeah. So I think open dialogue. It would be good to cultivate a little bit more of a culture of not... Jumping on people when they say they don't like something in this genre of music. I think we put a nail in it. Okay. Yeah. Our message today is it's what? It's okay to be yourself. It's okay to hate. (laughs) Stuff you don't like. To strongly dislike. (laughs) To strongly dislike music output by people. Hate is what makes you an artist. (laughs) Life is shit. Get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> all, all all opinions mean that you're excluding something else in favor of your own preference. You should cultivate your hate <laughs> and turn it into and turn it into a weapon. I need another drink. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Today, I'm sitting down with Josh Henderson. Josh is a violinist, violist, and composer. He has played all over the world. He's worked on projects with people like Sufjan Stevens, David Byrne, Amanda Palmer, and the list goes on. He's a founding member of Warp Trio and just generally one of the most cool and generous and impressive musicians I know. Please enjoy. Now, now that like I can feel the microphone in front of me, it's really hard to come up with things to things to say, and I'm super aware of how my voice sounds. Have you been doing radio stuff with with Warp Trio? Like, have you had to get in front of a yeah a microphone? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, is that fun? Do you like that? Uh, it's alright. I mean, it never like sounds good because it's like we've done a couple times in the Caribbean, just like playing around like one mic and kind of like shit. Did Did you say the the Caribbean? Uh, yeah. Smaller radio stations, and then, you know, small islands, so it's easy to get on the radio. I guess people still listen to the radio there, too. <laughs> but Whoa. It's it's really funny the way people almost, they seem to think that podcasts and radio are different. They're really not. Um, why does Warp Trio have the wrong number of people in it? Sometimes, sometimes we get it right. But, you know, it's made as like a piano trio, so that's... Trying to get those classical gigs. And that pays more than jazz gigs? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, like... I think jazz, it would kill jazz students to learn that they're, they're beneath <laughs> classical people. <laughs> does it pay to be... Like, does, do you make any money from Warp Trio? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's I'm, the, I'm the banker, so I make the most money. <laughs> You're the... Tra- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, yeah. you know. It's like any business. You have to... It's rewarding to to do it and be like, oh, look at these 
this money we trick people into giving us and now we can do stuff like <laughs> pay our rents with but it is rewarding to make that own you know it, it does kind of feel like like a trick making money yeah with, with music it feels like you you, totally. you just scam someone yeah but, but actually like, you totally deserve it yeah <laughs> it's just you you spend so much time like being conditioned by uh poverty and free gigs that when someone actually does give you some money it feels like you stole it oh yeah do you compose a lot for the for Warp Trio? Uh, yes. Is that like your main compositional outlet? Because I mean, you you mainly mm-hmm. do violin, yeah. and then viola is like silver metal, mm-hmm. as it should be for anyone. <laughs> um, and then after that, you compose. Uh, yeah. No more way around finale. Yeah, I think that's okay. being generous. How how many albums like have you released? Uh, we have one like real one, and then one like a little EP, and then a couple of little fake albums of covers. That's awesome. Was that the strategy? Um, strategy is like, all right, let's like make some of these little like cover things and then people will buy our real shit. Every now and then people will keep on digging in that rabbit hole, which is nice. The gateway drug. Tell, yeah, covers. What, which, which covers? Uh, we did a couple of those, the new like Gorillaz albums. I mean, they did two albums like a year. Like it was, it was, I was like, wow, that's a lot. Two albums a year? Oh, oh in, the, in a year, yeah. In a year. It's just the one guy, right? Yeah. In the development of your group, how important do you think it was getting stuff on YouTube and getting stuff on Spotify? I mean, to develop, like, your product, like, if you're in a string quartet or whatever, any kind of group and you want to sound really great, like, that's not important. You just need to, like, be practicing and being together. But if you want to, like, sound really great and, like, go play places and get, like, paid to do it, then you have to, like, have that stuff on YouTube or, you know, records and that's like super important and you, yeah you have to be searchable like people have to yeah. be able to type your name in and and uh be able to listen yeah to you and your output listen and and see it's like there's like no way you can get like i mean people get lucky sometimes obviously but like in a, in a sustainable fashion you have to have you know visibility in like some sense well other than other than seeing warp trio I saw that piece you wrote for uh, Trevor, oh, yeah, the yeah. viola concerto. Yeah, that, I guess that was a few years ago. Now. Yeah, it was a minute ago. That might have been like 2015. Yeah, I think it's more recent. It's yeah, it makes me feel younger. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Um, was it? Yeah. How, how how much of that kind of stuff do you do you do? Uh, it's like off and on. Like I l- thankfully don't have to rely on composing for my living, which is great. I don't know how you guys do that. That sounds impossible. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way I do it is I teach a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just get asked to do things and every now and then and sometimes for like for fun. I don't necessarily get like writer's block and stuff like that because I don't have to produce all the time like new stuff. But uh, I mean, I have a given recital next in a couple weeks in like D.C. Whoa. And I'm playing some classical stuff and I was a couple of just like solo compositions then I'm writing this thing for a small orchestra. But, um, so it's, you know, because stuff like that is super fun to do. And I'll, I'm, I'm game. I have a couple other groups that I write for. Do you write at the piano or write into finale? Mm-hmm. I, I tend to compose from the piano. And I feel like a lot of times you can tell, like, oh, you're a guitar composer. Oh, you're a piano composer. Or you're, you click stuff. <laughs> 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 and that's all. But I am definitely think from the piano. How long have you been playing violin? Uh, like 
20 years now. A little over. Like, <laughs> how, how old are you? You're 29? I am 30. Like 21 years. I guess now. 21 years. Yeah. <laughs> You're third. What, when's your birthday? September 2nd. Okay. When did you pick up viola? Uh, when I moved here. Like, uh, probably a couple years in. Really? Yeah. Were, were, were you like, I need a plan B? Do you, do you look down on people who were so weak they went straight to viola? No, no, those are... <laughs> Those are the um, smart ones. It's just rare to find. Like, uh, especially when you're kids. I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone sucks as a kid violist. And, like, at some point you get good. But if you're, like, a decent kid violist, you're, like, hot shit. Like, you you will go to Harvard. Yeah. Like, totally. I don't know why that is. I remember <laughs> a couple of years ago that there was that kid who got into... All eight. Ivy oh yeah, black kid from like Long Island. Yeah, <laughs> he played viola. But, he played viola. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually like he played viola. He was guaranteed all those spots. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I think it's just I, don't know, I think it's a marketing thing. Like violin's so like everywhere. Like violin and violas. You have to like it's like a niche thing. You have to kind of like you know it's like a connoisseur instrument. Like you have to know a little bit. And then you play viola. But whereas most kids don't know much, like myself, and just like, oh, I'll play that thing. It's violin. The fuck is viola? Till later on. V- yeah, <laughs> viola is really off. I mean, that's that's not in the the public consciousness. Yeah, at, at all. Which is a shame. It's a lovely yeah. instrument. I don't understand why there's no um, there's not as much solo rep for yeah. viola. Why that's um, you know oddly left out of the. Uh, concerto repertoire oh yeah i mean now like you know it's all new music stuff it's like there's so much yeah. cool stuff now but um yeah uh brahms's favorite instrument was viola but he never wrote a viola concerto yeah which is that would have been awesome yeah that would have been awesome i mean I've, I've always felt like obviously there's not a lot of great trombone concertos probably none but like if Mahler had written a trombone concerto it probably would have been really cool yeah i agree <clears throat> But maybe he didn't because he knew that that's impossible. People just make fun of him. Yeah. But now it's 2019. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So people are riding viola shit. <laughs> Left and right. <laughs> when did you start writing? When did you start composing? Uh, I've always done it since like very little. I was really into theory when I was like... Well, I started off as a pianist. And really? Can you still yeah. play a piano? Yeah, I mean... I'll do a piano every now and then. Really? Like, yeah, like very, very infrequently. Like... If I'm like a, like we need someone to accompany like a singer and it's like, whatever lead sheets or something like that. I, I bet I bet you're a lot better than you lead on. Like what what's the most complicated thing you can play? I used to be good. I mean I used to be able to play like Brahms rhapsodies and shit. Like when I was younger. That's, that's no joke. Like <laughs> that sounds like when you when you were in high school you kind of had your pick to go for piano or violin. Uh, a little younger, like middle school but i definitely like went violin like hard for some reason i had to work a lot harder at piano when, when do you feel like you um you sort of learned about classical music i, f- I feel like i didn't i mean i started as as a drummer and mm-hmm. i went to jazz school <clears throat> but i didn't really learn about jazz until i was probably 17 or 18 yeah i don't think i actually sat down and listened to a whole symphony until i was like 20 mm-hmm. when did you start that uh, i think uh, super, super young. Because I lived with my grandpa when I was younger. My parents were still in school. And he's like, he's a grandpa. So, like, <laughs> so <laughs> those people tend to listen to old, older music. <laughs> classical music, because it's like 
the least offensive to their sensibilities. Yeah. So he was a Trump player. And not professionally, but like it was a big part of his life. Wow. I think he even went to school for like a $50 euphonium scholarship in like, I don't know, the 40s or something like that. <laughs> Which actually paid for like 40 semesters of school. Yeah, yeah. Then. yeah. So it was tons. He was like rich. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like always exposed to like, you know, like Miles Davis recordings and like Tchaikovsky recordings, like, like all the, the whole nine yards. So it was just omnipresent as a young, young person. When you're, when you're writing, is there anything in your composition that every time you write it, you immediately are aware that it comes from a certain artist or a certain thing mm-hmm. or a certain album? They're like, I, I need to write this rhythm. And also I know where it's, where I got it from. Oh, and yeah. I need to write it right now. Oh, totally. I mean, you try and diversify my yeah. licks every now and then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, totally. Like, I feel you're everyone, unless you're like, even like Bach has like influences, but you're you're the sum of your experiences. Some people just come here as like a vessel, but I'm not one of those people. So like, <laughs> I have like ears and I hear shit and try and listen to as much as me, you know, various things as possible. And I think everything is a combination of that. Do you do you have an example of that? One one thing in particular that you you always come back to, you always um, go to, you always think, oh yeah, it's. <clears throat> Is from this. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, specific, like, things. I think I know, like, formally, I tend to always, like, have some kind of really, like, cyclical forms. It, it's easier for, for you to organize in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel like a lot of people have a standard organizational method or, or some form that they like to come back to because it's, it's, it's really not about form. It's just organizing your own thoughts or... Mm-hmm. or... Oh, yeah. Totally. And it's cool, like, the... <clears throat> era we live in now like there's not like standard forms like we don't have to write everything in sonata form or whatever <laughs> i think you're unique in that you know you write reasonably well and uh <laughs> but you can play what you write and i mean you're 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 a great performer how does playing a string instrument inform your writing do you feel like you're better at writing for strings than you are for winds Oh, yeah. you can ju- you you have the answers you can ask yourself totally and that like yeah a thousand percent there's like certain rules with any instrument just like all right stay yeah. in the staff ish and don't run too fast or whatever just to, to if you need it to be quick from doing an arrangement for somebody but yeah with strings i feel like i'm i'm just so confident with that i've been taking violin lessons for like a year and a half and uh it's at least shown me how much i don't know how's <laughs> um, any lesson do yeah like, yeah because there i think there's just for me at least there's there's a comfort in writing for piano i understand the mechanics i know how to play it i mean have you ever been tempted to go out and buy clarinet or trombone or oh yeah yeah definitely but not tempted enough to do it <laughs> yeah like my youngest sister plays sax when i go visit my family i need like she i think she's an old sax so i need to like go and just bring it back there are so many wind instruments you can double. So if you can play yeah. sax, you can play so many things. Oh, yeah. Get the clarinets yeah. in. Or just know, like, the mechanics of it. Like, right, right. Like, I don't play cello, but I know, like, how it works. Like, yeah. What do you hate playing? Um, I really don't like playing musicals <laughs> <laughs> and weddings. Why? Um, <laughs> the, the, the weddings is obvious because you hate joy. Uh, why... <laughs> 
Do you hate musicals? Uh, you know, I, I used to act. I used to do a little bit. But when I was younger, and I like, I like being in musicals. Like, I like you singing. like being in musicals? Yeah, singing? I think they're great. But I don't really like playing a violin in them. Like all musicals? Specific musicals? Pretty, pretty much all of them. I like some of them, they're like, they do like the cool thing where they're like acting and playing. That, that's cool. I'm like super into that. But um, that's the straight up just like an under the pit life is like awful. I think it's the worst thing ever. Like it's mm. terrible. I hate it. I think, I think West Side Story is the best musical in terms of the music. Like, in terms of, but that's that's really in a different category of, of musical. Yeah, right? there, there's a better category. A better category. <laughs> there, there's there's no real comparison between West Side Story and like um, anything. I yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, may, maybe stuff before that where musical composers really had to be composers, composers. and and now like, like wh- how do you feel about uh, Hamilton? Did you see Hamilton? Uh, do you I, care about Hamilton? I haven't seen it. I would love, love to see it. I, I heard like the album. I was like, whatever. <laughs> but I think I think it's just like those cast albums just like kind of sound weird. Like they don't like they just sound like rock albums. And it sounds like I just I don't know. Do you think there's anything special about it? Uh, yeah, I mean it's cool that it's like there's like hip hop and like all that stuff, which I think is like such a smart way of like telling a story. Hmm. Like I think it makes so much sense. I'm surprised we haven't done that. Just like in terms of like recitative or whatever, like getting garbage out there before we get to the next aria. I was, gonna, like, I was gonna say hip hop and hip hop and recit. Actually, have a, a lot in common. Yeah, they're the same thing. And like, <laughs> when I listen to opera, I don't listen that much. But recently, I was, and I was like, oh wow, opera's great. I should listen to more of this. Um, but I'm, I'm always like, oh, it's dumb. Rested. Who cares about this? Like, fast forward. <laughs> like, get to the aria. But it's a cool, you know. It's great. I think hip hop is, is just talking. Talking is great. Do, would you like recit more if uh, it were in English and we're helping you with the story, or do you feel like Italian recit or German recit is like? Well, there's nothing in this for me because I don't speak Italian or German. Unless yeah. you do. Um, not well enough to like understand what is it. Better. But it's part of it also the thing is like you can't just always be you can all the time. You have to like earn the aria a little bit. I like earn. that. That's that's kind of lost in pop music. It's like you just get right to the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Suffer thirty seconds of boring verse <laughs> and then you, you get to the you get to the chorus. Totally. <clears throat> like even like rap rock. It. <laughs> We're gonna rap these verses and then have a power chorus. Are you working on any pieces right now? Uh, like playing? Yeah. Or to perform? Oh, writing. Are you writing any pieces right now? Oh yeah, yeah. The, doing this thing for that new American song we oh, right. and then um, and the trio actually has a big project next year, and with a group, uh, it's Boston slash Portland based power string. So writing a piece for them, and that's kind of like a big chamber music piece so that is um my big project for the next couple months what's the instrumentation uh just like 13 piece string ensemble and then piano trio and then like some electronics whoa that's cool that that you said that's in portland uh yeah well they'll do a little tour so they'll do like i think they're they're as a group they are moving to portland they're in boston now slash half mm. portland so we'll probably do a show there and then like a little residency and then um a thing in boston and the thing here that's an interesting move from Boston to Portland, which is like the Boston of Portland. Yeah, totally. Well, there's like another like really awesome string group in Boston, like Far, far Cry. And like, I feel like, you know, Boston's a great city, but it's like kind of hard to like, it's not New York. 
So like, I mean, you, you can say it's not as good as New York. That's, I mean, it's, that's fine. it is. It is not as good as New York. Like that's any argument is you know stupid. But, <laughs> <laughs> like New York, you can have like a bajillion new music groups or whatever. Boston, you can have like one real one, and then like, <laughs> everyone, then it sucks for everybody else that wants to do shit because it's not big enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the hard hitting questions now. Do you would you ever write on political themes? Do you think it's important? If you do think it's important, why have you not written more about it? Yeah. Are you an agent of the Kremlin? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this piece running for the this the big project we're gonna is, is about um, this late Asada Shakur. She's like you know she's like leader or she's in the Black Panther Party and she was wrongfully imprisoned by the cops and like flew the country she's like on the fbi's like most of a bunch of cool cool shit that's like really crazy and you should definitely read her autobiography it's like amazing and she's a lot of poetry you say, say your name again uh asada shakur no relation to tupac <clears throat> <laughs> i'm pretty sure <laughs> but um i mean her given name is something different but that's her she named herself uh, really really interesting super intelligent Lady, and it's very, very political, you know, which is very timely. You know, there's always politics going on in the, the world, so that's just injustices. And I think, you know, as um, like artists, we are we are we have such a cool position to communicate to like wide groups of people, and people who like create works, like artworks or whatever, can like can talk about these things. And we have, you know, we're kind of we're very fortunate. And it's, you know, a little bit spoiled to be able to be put on pedestals and talk about politics. And did you have composition teachers growing up? Uh, no, I had. I took only. I've had a very small amount of composition actual training. How, how do you, How do you feel like you learned composition? By listening and just doing a lot of that. How much? Rather, how much time have you devoted to? really analyzing or studying a score or like thinking about the orchestration or like not enough definitely on like a as needed basis like when i was okay. a kid i like needed to like oh, i was just curious how does this work like not in a formal way it's just like if i okay. need to learn something then i will try and kind of learn it. which you know will get you by but like... <laughs> i'd say more, more than get you by i mean everything i've heard of yours is is great what do you see in new music that um you really like and that you really don't like and all and who are some people that that you're listening to sure i mean um i just really like right now just the the exploration like almost everyone's trying to do like exploring new like sounds and and textures and really just pushing their instruments and, and like these technologies like you know with computer pieces and stuff like that not always going to be like great because everyone's still exploring and that's like very welcome which i think is super cool and you know especially in new york there's such a good audience to be like all right let me go to this concert and like i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what this person is going for but like they're gonna try something new Hmm. and that's i think that's great even if it's like rough or not the best thing ever immediately because that opens up new doorways and avenues for other composers and the audience members to like take in music and, and you know express themselves and stuff like that uh, but I don't like stuff that doesn't try and communicate something like stuff that doesn't like lazy compositions or things that are not written. Not that everything has to be for a popular audience or to be always accepted or whatever, but things that tend to be almost like a selfish composition, like just for 
one person and not for like the world. Do you feel like those compositions are even for that for that one person? Or do you think uh, sometimes you, you're listening to things that, or playing things that are just written because the composer felt like that's the kind of technique in which he has to write. Totally, yeah. She has to write. Yeah, that I think that's all. That, that those are definitely related. It's like sort of a, a obligatory, the obligatory style. Yeah, yeah. That like, because there's no. I mean, if that's the, that's just not a reason to to write something. Like whatever your style is, if it's if it's tonal or if it's like noise or there's there's people who are like masters of all these different types of composition that are able to like communicate to their audience. That's like the most important thing. Like that's why we do this. We we make music to hopefully make the world better and cope with things and like talk about you know, political issues, whatever, just general life things. And some people kind of miss the boat; they miss the point. They might listen to some John Cage and not not see that that's a visionary. I just see mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just whatever. Like I don't I don't get it. But you know, a, a true master that's really communicating and a master of his like or her craft. But yeah, some people miss that and compose like that last last question who do you think uh is the most overrated person who's famous and everyone loves oh man who maybe you're afraid yeah let me think to say but you're you're safe here yeah (laughs) i'm gonna come back i'm gonna think about that there's a a lot of things i think people are like oh they're overrated but they don't also realize what goes into like their products. Like a lot of people like shit on like Lindsey Sterling, who's like you know she's not a great violinist, whatever. Like done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like like that's not a big deal. But like I feel like a lot of people would say someone like that. But so they're not also like giving like credence to the fact that like oh you know they also like bust their ass and doing this other thing and making this new. There's other things that, like, you don't necessarily do. Like, hey, maybe you practice your scales a lot. But, like, she did this other thing that, like, you don't do. And she put a ton of work into it. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that. In in the cloud of pure blackness that I would see, yeah. you you see, like, what a beautiful hue of black yeah. that is. <laughs> that's cool. I think that's why you're special. Okay. Josh Henderson. Thanks, thank, thanks for coming all the way up here. Thank you. All right, and that brings us to the end of this episode of Adagio for Things. Thanks so much for listening. Um, thank you again to Josh for uh, sitting down with Spencer uh, for such a great interview. And um, we hope to be back in your feed very soon. Our apologies again for uh, such a long gap between episodes six and seven, but we'll be back very soon. Until then, to find out where you can hear more of Josh Henderson's and Warp Trio's music, just follow the links we've included in the show notes. Uh, And until next time, enjoy this excerpt of Josh Henderson's suite for Amplified Piano Trio and Drum Set as performed by Warp Trio.
doggy toes. Little doggy nose. Ooh. Rhymed. That was like a Dean Martin <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> this means. Little doggy Little doggy Little doggy nose. I've had 17 scotches. <laughs> <laughs>